Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name's Cliff. Hello, I'm Brett. Whoop, that was, uh, I'm going to say that was quite loud. Well, sorry. Is, is the audio off? Next time. Is it the level? Next, just next time, make sure you're a bit more subdued. <laughs> I understand rain you're excited. Are, are you telling me to rein it in? Oh, yes, rein it in. I didn't want to have to wow. say the words, but you know. <laughs> How are you doing anyway? Yes, I'm fine. Yes, I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm tired. The band didn't sleep very well last night, so I'm a bit sleepy. Oh, Cliff, man, rain it in. I've also done 15,000 steps a day, so, you know, that's uh, probably about half of what you did. So that's a not lot of only steps. are my eyes tired, but my feet are tired as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Your eyes and feet. But yeah, I've been off work today, so I did a, went on a little bit of a outing on my own this afternoon, had a walk around. Went to a, Where went, did you go? Went to a thing. Um, well, there's a big show on here called Expo 2020 because we're meant to do it Ooh. in 2020. And uh, you know the history of Expos, the World Fair? Did you know this? Yeah, is, is it where, where they the, like show you the cars of the future and things? Exactly that. So, um, you know, it's where they first had a hot dog, apparently, and ice cream mm. was one of the things that was presented in the olden yeah. days. Um, so, yeah, so that's here at the minute. And it's been on since October and it ends in March. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And I went two days ago and I love it. So I booked the day off so I could go back again today. <laughs> <laughs> is it like tomorrow's world? Is it's it a bit like, like that? But it's it's massive world. town for it, essentially. It's bigger than Monaco, the amount of space it's taken up. <laughs> um, it's uh, bigger than Monaco. Apparently so. Um, so when you go in, it's basically countries are there to show what they can do basically to, for trade and stuff like that, which I suppose could be a bit boring, but because it's all future uh-huh. stuff, it's it's all like stuff from the future. So there's robots like wandering around and stuff like that. So you've wow. got basically pavilions. Each country that's taken part has a pavilion where you go inside and it could be like, if it's a crap one, here are some tables with some coffee on because we sell coffee in our country. Or right. it, there's some that are like absolutely insane. Sorry, and they're Brazil. Like, <laughs> they're all like uh, 
you you do VR when you go in them and all of this, and there's shows on mm-hmm. and stuff like that, concerts and things. So, yeah. When so, Cliff, what, yeah. what was your favourite then? Well, honestly, this sounds really stupid, but there's these, these little robots that go around telling you, like, you can ask them questions and stuff, and they'll tell but you, you to put your mask on. Well, I've changed my mind. They're very cute, these ones. They're like, <laughs> they, they would be the... All them the, programmes we've done that involve little cute robots and now I can sidekicks. I can you see can see appeal. what they appeal now, can you? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't there trying to solve a crime. <laughs> you know, I didn't need the help. <laughs> you, you weren't being attacked by a terrapin at the time. No, right? I was not. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 really, really cool. And there's like gigs on, like Coldplay are playing there in a couple of nights' time. And Alicia Keys has been on and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty good. Ah. Um, it's dead cheap to get in. Well, yeah. I've, I've been to Greg's. This week? Oh, have you? Do you think did that's you, the future? Or did you just go to Primark and pick a couple up while you were there? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Greg's is the future? Do you have Greg's got a stand in there, have Greg's they? is going to be in my future. There you um, go. So that's what I've been doing. Other than that, I've been watching... Uh, the, we're going to talk about um, Assault on Precinct 13, the 1976 version. But um, mm-hmm. I watched that today. But before I watched that, I started watching Pam and Tommy. What did you? I, I, mean, I don't fancy that. Like, it's it's pretty good. It's it's really funny. Um, Is it? It's totally like over the top, but it's um, yeah, it's good. Honestly, I I, rec- I recommend it. Obviously, there's, uh-huh. there's some there's some humping in it. Uh, so a little yeah. bit humping, as you'd expect. It, uh-huh. It's about a sex tape, isn't it? Yeah. So I gather, but, but it's more kind of about the the cult of celebrity, I suppose. Apart from like them two. Have you ever seen that sex tape, uh, Cliff? I don't think so. I have. I have. It's not very erotic. <laughs> no. nah. It really isn't. I think it, I've seen it's a bit off of button. I've seen clips yeah. of it like on the boat, but I don't think I've seen any of it. Yeah, that's, that's all I, re- I re- all I remember. Is the I just boat. remember a boat. That's not a very good sex tape, is it? <laughs> I, uh, I watched Boba Fett with a fan. We quite enjoyed it. I, it. I know what you're saying about the first two episodes in that. A little, little bit boring. It's an old man, isn't it? Like Rummage and He's not very good. He's getting <laughs> He's beat <not>. up. <laughs> yeah. But it gets better after that. Skywalker's back. So. Oh, is he? Okay. That. I watched uh, about 20 minutes of the third one and I was like, you know what? I'm not enjoying it. So yeah. I'll give it up. Oh, well, we liked it anyway. And um, I'm reading Carrie as well because okay. I haven't read that book. All right. It's, okay. It, it's absolutely, it's a work of genius. How come you've never read Devastating? I don't any of know. The classic ones. <laughs> like you keep saying you're well, reading like the big ones. You said you were reading Dracula last week? No, no, that was the audio book, wasn't it? (laughs) Would you like to make toilet? (laughs) 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 But yeah, I hadn't I haven't read Carrie. Obviously, I've seen the film. Um, but it's just devastating. It's it's just a brilliant, brilliant book. But I'm I I just don't want the end to happen. And it's only 260 pages or something like that, which is strange for a King book, but I know it was his first one. But, uh, was it? I, it's, you, it's see, I know it. literally nothing about it. Do you know nothing about Carrie? Have, have you seen Carrie the film? Is it? Is this the one where I, who's it's in got the film? John Travolta in it. This is uh, Yeah, well, I've seen the clips of it. You've seen clips of it, have you? <laughs> you haven't actually seen Carrie. Oh, well, no. we'll have to we'll have to do that at some point. But yes, that's what I've been doing this week. Okay. So, but. We also watched Assault on Precinct 13, didn't we? Yes, another one of your Carpenter 
favourites from 1976, not the yeah. remake from 2013, starring no. Larry Fishburne. Um, <laughs> Larry Fish sucks. <laughs> um, the original, and it's is it John Carpenter's second film? Second film, yes. I, I mean, he always refers to it as his first because Dark Star was the first one, but that's like a student film mm-hmm. with Dan O'Bannon and stuff. So, yeah, it, it is technically his, his second film. Um, so basically what happened was uh, some guy gave him 100 grand and just said, make a film. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that as long as I've got creative control and I can, you know, I'll, I can do what I want. And he made this for 100 grand. Not bad going. I'll, I'll tell you about the plot, even though everyone should know, man, first of all. But the, the plot is an unlikely partnership forms between a highway patrol officer and a prisoner condemned to death row as they defend a closed police station against a bloodthirsty street gang, which mm-hmm. has a great name. Street Thunder. Street Thunder. I mean, street Thunder. I mean, would, you, would you like to join a gang? What's the name? <laughs> street Thunder. Yes, of course I would. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, it sounds like quite a fun gang. Yeah, we're going to murder children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I didn't sign up for this. So yeah, it's, <laughs> thought I was going to be riding bikes and that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's called a second film, and um, it wasn't very well received in the United States, surprisingly enough. Like all of these films were, but they, <laughs> they hate them. But I mean, since then, since the, they've, they've revised all of these films and that, now they love it. They've, they've gone back classic. on that word. And stuff. It's, it's, it's a, brilliant. It's what I think the, it is. He wanted to make a Western. He wanted yes. to make it like a siege film. Mm-hmm. I know we've mentioned it a few times. Was the fucking Hateful Eight copied off this as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think all of Tarantino's films are copied off this, to be honest. But there you go. We'll get to that bit in the middle. It It really, it really is, isn't it? That comes through massively, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's got the money, and like you say, rightly, he he loves Western, he loves Howard Hawks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But obviously, he couldn't make a Western with a hundred grand. He just can't do it. So he he decided to to sort of make a Western in a a modern setting type thing. Mm -hmm. So the influences are like Rio Bravo, which is why I watch Rio Bravo when I I told you about it. Yeah. Um, Well, I've seen that. And also, yeah, and Night of the Living Dead as well, which is basically what he said. Every sort of, every filmmaker who's making a small film looks up the Night of the Living Dead. Do you know what I mean? Because that's probably the most famous one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Apart it's, from maybe Halloween, which he did next. Yeah. Um, so it's great. It's uh, yeah. So it's a siege film. You've got a bunch mm-hmm. of people in a house, or in this case, a police precinct a police that is in the process yeah. of being shut down. Um, mm-hmm. So they haven't got all the stuff in there. There's not very many people there. In fact, yeah, the only people in there are um, this patrol cop who his job was essentially just to look after it for a night while the other one's yeah. getting set up. And if anybody comes and says, hey, can, you know, I want to see the policeman, you can send them mm-hmm. to the new place. Um, exactly, yeah. And there's a couple of secretaries. And then there's uh, these some prisoners who are going to be sentenced to death are being transported uh, in the area. And one of them takes mm-hmm. ill. 
and uh, they have to stop there. So they stick these three guys in the cells uh, uh-huh. overnight. And then, so they're there while this gang are trying to attack them. The, yeah. I need you to explain the gang. <laughs> right. Well, well, at the start of the film, there's an explanation of, as to what's going on with the gang. You see some gang members that are sort of gunned down by the police. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to uh, sort of uh, the radio after that. And it says an armed shootout occurred with this particular gang and the police, which wasn't the case. They were just blown away. Yeah. It also sort of states that uh, this particular gang have a cache, I think that's the right word, mm-hmm. of weapons, mm-hmm. right? And if they get organised, we'll all be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So... They do get organised. So basically, this gang have come together. It's like a multicultural gang. And they've yeah. come together to sort of declare war on the police. That was for my killing their mates. Thinking, for killing their mates. So they make this blood oath called a cholo, right? Yeah. So they all put their blood in the bowl and stuff like that. So they're all, they're all joined. It's too much now, blood. It's too much blood. It's good. Um, so yeah, that that's the idea of it initially. But I mean, the, the film has like parallel stories at the start. Yeah, and it's all leading to the police station. It's brilliant. So you've got the the policeman, right? So you've got the policeman Austin Stoker, who's uh, who plays Ethan Bishop. Mm-hmm. He's the policeman who's got to look after the police station, like you said. You've got Darwin Johnston, who's the the fantastically named. Napoleon Wilson. Yeah. Which is somebody, a brilliant name. Somebody also says to him, How do you end up with a name like Napoleon? <laughs> and he, he keeps saying there's just loads of fantastic Western bits yeah. in it. Yeah. Like he like look, he speaks like he's in a Western. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'll tell you, you know, before I die and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that type of stuff. And he keeps saying, gotta smoke. Yeah. But there's a reason behind him saying gotta smoke. I'll tell you about that in a a little bit. Okay. So you've got those two, and but and you've also got a father and a daughter who are, are trying to get the nanny out of this district. This this, so Anderson, this is a, which is a, really we, rough. We had convoluted. Now, now the thing part. is, yeah, yeah. But there's another part of that which people have surmised. It doesn't explain in the film, but the father is apparently having an affair with the nanny, and that's why. He wants to okay. pick her up because it's very simple, really. But there's, there's lots of man. underlying stuff in there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this all leads to the police station. Yeah, eventually the three storyline. So the the um, well, there is the ice cream man. He pops up on his own as well before He's he ends the... up intertwined <laughs> with the dad and the he and does. The kid. Um, he, he does. Four... And that's a massive part of the story, isn't it? The, the, ice, yeah. the ice cream man. And so also, yeah, you know, again, like... one of the things is, so there's this ice cream man who doesn't look like a trustworthy ice cream man, if you ask me. Um, he, well, that's it. He, uh, he gets really spooked by seeing this gang driving around. And then it turns out he owes the money for something. You don't know. Again, it's one of those things that doesn't really get explained. But they yeah. come and get him. Uh, so this the leather jacket guy who runs the gang. Um, Don't you mean from Double Day, the Sonic the Hedgehog brilliant guy in Escape from New York? Yeah, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's, it's him again. He's and terrifying. he's meant to be. 
Yeah, he's terrified. They, they, they don't say the buddies don't say anything. No words at all. No. They just um, look mean. He, he's like the Terminator, Annie. That's why he's yeah, like he before is, yeah, the Terminator yeah, was sure. invented. They're, they're lost in Anderson. So that the, the dad goes to the phone box to try and find out how he gets to pick up the nanny that he's having an affair with. And you're right. This ice cream man's definitely done something. Again, it's, an, it's not something that's explained at all, but he's done something. Yeah, now, yeah, any, anybody who's played Grand Theft Auto, he's probably selling drugs on that turf or something like that. Any, something like that from the ice cream bar. Yeah. So uh, there's this great bit. He's being stalked by this gang. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a keeps... great car. This cool black yeah, car. Because he keeps seeing them up in his sort of windows and stuff like that, and they, they keep sort of stalking him. And a young girl who's with the father goes to get an ice cream. She does get the ice cream, even though he doesn't want to give it to her. And then she goes back because she wanted a vanilla twist, whatever that is. <laughs> and it's just vanilla. What is that? Do you think it's just monkey's blood on it? I think it's probably Maybe monkey's blood, yeah. <laughs> she hasn't got the, the monkey's blood on, on, her, <laughs> on her ice cream. And it there's a, a, just a great bit where he's, he's like surprised. It's almost like you can say elements of Halloween in this as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. Frank Doubleday's character just sort of he appears in certain places. Yeah. And there's, there's bits like that throughout the film. And he kind of puts his fingers in his mouth yeah. <laughs> and opens his mouth and sticks the gun <laughs> in his mouth. It's horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. And what you realize at this point is. Um... All of these bodies have got silencers on their guns because you don't hear mm-hmm. any shots. So the shootout which is at the beginning, important. It yeah, is which is very because important. the shootout at the beginning is really fucking loud. The guns are really mm-hmm. fucking loud in that bit. And then the next time yeah. there's any shooting with these guys, the silencers are on, um, mm-hmm. and it does end up being important. So yeah, so basically the dad uh, comes. Well, what, off what Frank Doubleday does is he punches the ice cream man. He doesn't actually shoot him first, mm-hmm. and then. The girl comes back to the van and says, I want the vanilla twist or whatever. And Frank Doubleday just shoots her. <laughs> yeah, it's proper shocking. Like, really it shocking. really is. Um, and that, there's a story cool. behind that as well. That, obviously, you're not really allowed to kill kids in films, are you? Not even no. in 1976. <laughs> so uh, they, they want to give the, the film an X rating, which is like... You know, it's, nobody's going to be able to go and see yeah. it or whatever. It's going to be in some porn theater or yeah. whatever. If they didn't take that bit out, so what Cartner did was say, "Yeah, I'll take that bit out." Showed you know the the censors the film with it not in, and then just put it back in when it went <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> Which is things you could do in 1976. So yeah, <laughs> great. That's brilliant. I didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so then. Um, the dad sees what's happened and drives away, but he chases the bad guys, doesn't he? And um, he does. The ice cream man says, "I've got, a, I've got a gun in me van." Yeah, well, and he, just he, before he, he dies. It. So yeah. he goes and gets it, and he chases the baddies, and he ends up shoot, shooting Double Day, like with this little mm-hmm. gun. He like he just shoots him, and Double Day just falls down. On his side. <laughs> well, he, he does, he chases the, these uh, sort of gang members and stuff like that, in, in, like an open field with pitch black, you can't see anything. And eventually the gang members stop. Most of them run off. <laughs> <laughs> they get out and run off. But Frank Doubleday doesn't, because he's rock. He just stands there with this massive gun and tries to shoot the father, but he like, kind of 
gets out the yeah, window because it jumps weird. in the car. I think that's a weird bit. Uh, but obviously, it's necessary. I love that bit. Um, and then the father shoots Frank Doubleday and he gets hit and he just doesn't even react or almost no. like he is like the Terminator or something. Yeah, yeah. But then eventually, he shot many a time more and he's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, then the policeman ends up like basically. Sorry, the dad ends up going to the police station to tell them what's happened, but he can't yeah. speak because he's too yes. shaken up by what's happened. He's in shock. But that's very much like Night of the Living Dead, isn't it? With mm-hmm. Barbara. Yeah. When Barbara gets to the, the house in, in Night of the Living Dead, she's almost catatonic as well, isn't she? Yeah. She yeah. is. So it's very similar to that. So then you've got the dad, the secretaries, the mm-hmm. prisoners. And, uh, the prisoners, because they've had to stop, because one of the prisoners is sick, yeah. and they've had to stop for that reason, and the closest one is Anderson, which is yeah. shutting down. I'm and not going to call it Precinct 13, Cliff, because it's not Precinct 13. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all. The film was, was supposed to be called The Siege originally, but the, they didn't like that title, so they changed it to Assault on Precinct 13. I saw and that on, on the door of it was called uh, the Anderson Alamo as well. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Uh huh. That's right. And on on the the sort of the sign at the front of the police station, it's precinct fourteen, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the only mention of, of precinct thirteen is on the radio when when uh, they're talking on the radio. That's the only time that they mention yep. it. I think so it's not actually precinct thirteen, but sounds cool though. Yeah, it does. Um, so. Uh, then we've got the patrol cop who's looking after the station for the night. Um, it, it, it's, he's a classic. He's brilliant, but he's also mm-hmm. a classic, yeah, I want an easy life kind of guy. I, I, this is not my, <laughs> I don't know. This is an easy job. They've given him the easiest job they could possibly give mm-hmm. him. Look after a closed yeah. down police station. And he didn't, yeah, he that, not that, expect that almost taking the piss out of him because yeah. he, he's obviously a capable police officer, isn't he? But it's like you get the impression. I think it's actually mentioned. It's like his first day on the job or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And they're just taking the piss out of them, aren't they? They're just taking the piss. So he's he's there, and he meets like the the chief of police and stuff like that, who's like aloof with him and yeah, and stuff like that. But he also will also meet the other people in the police station, mainly like the the female cast and stuff yeah. like that. Um. One's called Lee, who, who uh, who's played by Laurie Zimmer. Mm-hmm. And the other one is uh, Julie, who's played by Nancy Loomis, who we'll see in, like, Halloween. Yeah. And Halloween 3 as well. She's in, yeah. she's in there. So we'll meet these different cast of characters. And I think uh, sort of Austin Stoke has got a good sort of relationship. Originally with, like, uh, sort of, you know, Laurie Zimmer's uh, uh-huh. Lee. Yeah. When they're talking about like, do you want a coffee and stuff like that? Yeah. And and uh, having a bit of banter, like, isn't he? Having a bit of banter. Do you want it black or something like that? <laughs> do you take it black or something? Yeah. I've been black for thirty years. <laughs> That's what he says. And another quip that day, Tarantino has probably nicked. Yeah. I would imagine. But then they're all in there, and it's just set up because then it's just a relentless assault on the precinct mm-hmm. by this horde of uh criminals like yeah it, it's it's weird isn't it it is just that the relentless it's almost like i watched a film recently i don't know if i told you about it's called vfh 
think it's like veterans right. for something. Um, and it's it's pretty much the same as this, but it's in a bar. It's in a bar for old vets and all of these uh-huh. old vets who have been in either Nam or Iraq or whatever. I hate the modern world or the town's full of junkies. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the America's gone to shit. Like young people are shit today. And then essentially it's the same thing. It's these five old guys suddenly under siege from this junkie horde who won't stop. Yes. And it, it's this, it's exactly the it's same. It's the same That's problem a, then. It's a really good. It's really so good. John Cotton, I should sue. It's really <laughs> fun actually. And, and also yeah. the guys who are in it are like John Carpenter guys, like who, you know, aren't mm-hmm. big names, but they're in this kind of film back in the day. Um, it's really good. Yeah. So um, yeah, this is uh, this, it's the same as this. So they they're just in there trying to not get killed. That's the entire. Yeah. Well, the it's a very hour. similar to this. Yeah. I mean, no, obviously, obviously, I mean. yeah. I mean, the police station's being closed down, and the the area around the police station is kind of derelict. There's only two houses or something mm-hmm. that, that are quite far away, and. Some of it, I don't think it's it's shot in in LA. Some of it, like the out outside when the, the gang are running around and stuff like that, I don't think that's LA. Okay. But like, there's other shots where LA looks really derelict itself. Yeah, yeah. It? Like there's like wherever they're, like wherever they're shooting it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a rundown place. So once the shooting starts, once the attack starts on the police station. This, they're really all just locked in. They've got no way to go. Nobody can hear mm-hmm. because of the silencers, which you mentioned, which are absolutely brilliant when the attack starts and yeah. you start shooting with the silencers and just boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bits of paper are flying all over the place. And then you think it stopped and then they'll fly all over the place again. Well, then the, I just love that. So it's this is the funny bit when the policeman goes outside, one of the early casualties. And... Uh, <laughs> He gets shot and obviously collapses. And mm-hmm. uh, that Lee just goes, oh, he's fallen over. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that was Julie that said that because I oh, think Lee's it? the headstrong one. But okay. yes, <laughs> she just laughs, doesn't he, when, when he gets shot? Oh, he's, he's fell over. over. <laughs> he's fell over. But it, you know what? Though? Why would you assume that people were, tra- were gunning him down the side? Why would he have just fallen over like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I then so. Uh, Austin Stoker realizes he's like, oh shit. Uh, no, I, no, no, that's not what's happening yet. That's not what's happening at all. Because he goes out and he, he nearly gets shot himself, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And, yeah. Uh, he does that great line It's a goddamn siege! <laughs> <laughs> I love that when you say that, man. That's absolutely So fun. then they're just batting down the hatches, don't they? They're trying to get through it and think of ways they Pretty can defend much. themselves. Um, Pretty and, much. And it's it's like Night of the Living Dead, and it mm-hmm. were like the face of the zombies. But the thing I love is the shots of the, this gang just running about <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> is someone really unsettling about just people you get running dis- about? You get disoriented, I think. Like you don't know where they're coming from. You kind of lose exactly, perspective yeah. of where in the precinct they are, like whether they're at the back or at the front door or at this window or they're in the basement and stuff like that. Like it, it's all you can it creates a sense of confusion. Um uh-huh. because you're you don't right, know yeah, who, I've never you don't know who it is coming at you. Uh-huh. You don't know why, they don't know why. And, you, mm-hmm. and because this place is all, it's it's all in the process of being packed up, right? So it's just everything's in boxes, uh-huh. so you can't really tell like which room is which. So it's uh, yeah. it, it gets yeah. a bit 
I just I never thought that of that. That's a become... really, that's really good point. That I never thought of that before. But you're right; it does. It it adds to the confusion, and obviously, it speeds things up. Because for the first half an hour of the film, it's quite slow and it? slow mm-hmm. paced and stuff like that. And I've I've heard John Carpenter say that he, you know, if he did it now, he'd quicken it up a little bit. But okay. I like that. Do you know what I mean? I've well, watched yeah, because... a few westerns recently, and westerns are slow paced, aren't they? Yeah, oh, I yeah. like that. But when <laughs> I mean, the rest of the film is just loads of shooting at each other. It's good mm-hmm. to have that bit of like that build up. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, uh, it is pretty one note, you know, like it, it yeah. puts a bit of like I mean, tonal differentiation between the yeah. beginning and the end of the film. I mean, he's also said that he would never do the shooting of the kids again. Do you know what I mean? He, I he, don't he think quite regrets. He regrets the fact that he did that. But this is ultimately is is a mixture of a couple of different films. It's an exploitation film as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I mean that that's what he, his remit was, I guess, to make an exploitation yeah. film. And that's that. Anybody watches this film, if they forget everything about the film, they're going to remember that bit. Yeah, yeah. Aren't they? Well, I presume that's not what he would want the film to be remembered by. So no, and it's certainly not. The first thing that I think about when I think about this film, because I love this film, I think it's absolutely class um, for a lot I, of different reasons. Well, I was going to say, let's talk about the bits that we like, because the the music is just incredible. Again, like I think this is the best Carpenter score that I, I've heard so far. I, I absolutely love this. It's just yeah. nailed. It nails it that it's proper. Like, you know, it it has that kind of hard edge. You could. I know they've made mm-hmm. it into different things over the years and it's been sampled and stuff like that, but it's like proper menacing and, and hard. I, I loved it. Uh, it's, the thing is about it, it's cool. It's, it's really so cool. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And it makes it, I mean, it, when the film starts, you've got like the, the black sort of background and the red. Yeah, sort just, of just amazing. Very cool. And then credits. you've got this, yeah, this song that kicks in, which is just so simple. And so brilliant at the same time. Yeah, it's difficult to do simple things really well. I think. Do you know what I mean? And uh, Cartner's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant at doing that. There's a there's a, a a way that you can look at the film. The film's a very simple film. Yeah. You can look at another way and sort of you know you can delve into it a little bit more. But the the the, the soundtrack's unbelievable. It's my favorite soundtrack. Of you know all of Carpenter's as okay, well. Okay, well it's certainly my favorite from what I've heard so far. Um, yeah, that the credits and also I love the text like the times. Uh, it keeps going yeah. up like seven ten and, and uh, yeah, 50. I love that. Even though it, you don't need it, I love that. I love that when it, it comes up. Well, I read today that he wanted to give it more of a documentary feel, like as if it was mm-hmm. like really happening. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I get that, but I just, regardless of that, I just think it's pretty good. Like, it's, I, I love that, and it gives you, you know that what? sense of, yeah, you know, you're leading up to something, right? Like, if you, if you, yes, when this film first came out, obviously there's a trailer and stuff like that, I'm sure, but you know, mm-hmm. like, you would have been going if, if it's not a countdown, but you know that. Well, why is it telling you the time? I'm like, oh, it's yeah. 10 past seven now. At some point, it's got to reach a time when something happens. Mm-hmm. Like, so it gives you that like bit of excitement and yeah, uh, anticipation. That, it's a yeah, it's a ticking clock element, isn't it? Do you know where Carpenter got the inspiration for the the theme from? No, you read about that. Well, 
one is the Dirty Harry theme, which I haven't okay. listened to. Right? I don't know what that sounds like. No, no, I, I get that, yeah. Two is Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Really? Okay. Din, 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 din. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slow it down. Okay. Do you know I'll listen I mean? to it again. So Aye, aye. I, it, it, I mean, I didn't realise that until I read about it. It's, but I mean, I, I prefer this soundtrack than the immigrant song, to be it honest. Is. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, you're right. Because music Led Zeppelin amazing. are a bad band. That's why. <laughs> They're a bad band. Are they? <laughs> I quite like Led Zeppelin, but there you go. There's also this other piece of music that's really good as well. It's but it, and it's so simple, and it just goes dun dun. Yeah, dun dun, like it, but it's brilliant <laughs> and it's so cool. I just, I love the soundtrack. I love the film. What do you, what do you think of Napoleon Wilson then, as a character? He's very. He's more like a, it's a he's a Western character, isn't he? Like he's keep asking, got a small. A foot. I don't think he's a fully rounded character. He's there uh-huh. for his physicality and his sense of dread and how scary yeah. he's meant to be. Um, but I think he's excellent, and obviously it wouldn't work without that character in the yeah. film. And I think the beginning bits where he's getting kind of bullied by the prison guards because he's going to yeah. go to death row, I think that bit's brilliant. Uh, once I mean, there's, the and there's, bit, yeah, there's loads that you don't know about him as well. You know that he's killed some people because. Yeah, because yeah, somebody Charles goes, why Cypher did you kill Caesar. all of those people? Like, yeah. you don't know that? Like, I you don't, don't know it. Don't so know. there's like, <laughs> yeah, there's loads of stuff that you, you don't you don't know. But I mean, the, uh, Charles Cyphers, who I mentioned there, who plays Stalker, is like the one that's transporting him to the, the, the prison or death row <laughs> or whatever. He's he's in loads of Cartner films like Halloween. Yeah. I think he's in the newest Halloween, actually. Oh, is it? Halloween Kills, uh-huh. So, so he's good, but... Napoleon Wilson, I think he's like Snake Fliskin before there was Snake Fliskin. He's he's like a, you know, he's like I've tried to find the right word. I can't remember the, the word I was going to say, but he's like a prerequisite for a sort a of Snake Fliskin. That's what exactly what I, that's exactly what I was uh, trying to think of. So he's a, he's a prototype for Snake Fliskin, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Wise cracking and he's got some good jokes and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But the reason that he's asking people, you got a smoke, is because he gauges what type of person they are by their reaction All to right. that question. Okay. So, like the the when he asks uh, Starker, "Have you got a smoke?" He doesn't answer. He doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So he's a bit aloof or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he when he says the same thing to Austin Stoker, he's like, "No, I haven't got one." Um, I don't smoke or whatever, but you know I'll get you one if I, if I yeah. see one. So he's he's a bit more of a friendlier person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I like that. I like the fact that he's he's getting that information okay, yeah, out of people good. by that one question. Yeah, I like that. I think I think that's great. I I love Napoleon Wilson. I think he's great. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> Again, he's just a very cool character. Um. Austin Stoker's pretty square, isn't he? Like he's a bit of his depth. Uh, but he's still he's a... good though, and he's, he's he's been plumped into this situation, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He still deals with it, doesn't he? And he's I the... like I like the sort of relationship that forms between the two. Another yeah. Western sort of trope of like unlikely characters. Yeah, yeah, and he's the you know he's the good guy, isn't he? He's the warm warm yeah. character. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the bad 
the bad guys don't have any characters, so you, you, there isn't even mm-hmm. a bad guy. It's just just hands and guns, and <laughs> it's a little Asian guys running around. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of them's John Cartney who tries to get in the window. Was it? Yeah, I, I I've watched this film a lot, and sometimes I catch him, and I oh that's John Cartney. Other times I kind of miss him. It's like a blink and you miss it sort okay. of thing. But yeah, I love that part with like it's under attack and like I've mentioned before, the things flying all over. Yeah. But I also love them just trying to get into the windows and they, yeah. they keep trying to do it even though they're getting shot. Yeah, yeah, it is. Just keep doing like it. zombies. Like stuff, relentless. Isn't it? Yeah. Like there's something driving them outside of rational thought because uh-huh. there's no reason for them to do it. Like, the people in <laughs> well, this, apart from but apart from the cholo cliff, but the people in this <laughs> building are not the people that carried out that uh, shooting. Of that means, yeah. Well, that, that, that's I think that's the other thing. So there's two parts to it. Why I think they're doing it. The the one obviously this incident has happened mm-hmm. where, where the father shot Frank Doubleday's character. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the first thing. So obviously he's gone to the perfect place, hasn't he? He's gone to a police station. Yeah. And they've declared war on the police. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's two things in the same, yeah. you know, the two yeah, reasons yeah. as to why they're doing this and why they're relentless. Mm-hmm. And apparently the Cholo is to the death. That's okay, so until they all die. Yeah. With, which is uh, mentioned by Tony Burton. Rocky, uh, not Rocky. He's in Rocky, isn't he? But he's Apollo Creed's trainer. Yeah, Rocky, yeah, isn't he? yeah. And he's, he's good. good. He's good, yeah, yeah. He's really good. And that obviously leads up to the best bit of the film, which is potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is absolutely class. Yeah. Did you like the potatoes? I do. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they decide that they've got to do something about this. They're going to die. Mm-hmm. So... Tony Burton plays a character called Wells, who's another prisoner who, who like survives. And they say, well, one, we've got to try and get out and, and get into a car. <laughs> How are we going to decide who's going to do it, right? <laughs> Laurie can't, or Lee can't do it because she's been shot in the arm and didn't flinch again. Mm-hmm. Like she's some she's kind hard. of Terminator, what <laughs> I? So it comes down to uh, Wells and, and Napoleon Wilson. And they say, well, we'll flip, flip a coin. <laughs> And he goes, no, I'll lose. I've got bad luck, man. Let's do something else. Let's play potatoes. It's so funny. So you, <laughs> at this point, they start it. it you see uh, Austin Stoker, don't you? And then mm-hmm. you hear them starting. Austin Stoker's face is like, what the fuck are these doing? And he turns around <laughs> and they're like two schoolgirls going, one potato, two potatoes. <laughs> one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can you remember me saying, Cliff, this is the first film that I remember watching with me, mom and dad? No. As a I kid. Yeah, so it is. I remember watching it on a black and white TV, this particular film, and uh, watching with mom and dad and stuff like that. I didn't, I mean, memories are hazy when you're young and stuff like that, mm-hmm. obviously, but I must have been very young. But I think that the thing that would have got us would have definitely been the, the soundtrack and stuff like that. Because it's like a video game before video games were even yeah, yeah. like that. Do you know Absolutely, what I mean? I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's uh it, it's just it's great. It's it's really cool and it does have that zombie film 
aspect to it, like we were saying, because there's it's just relentless. And it's one of those things is just relentless. You don't know where it's going to end. You don't know how it's going to end uh-huh. when you're watching it. Um, yeah. You, you've just got no idea. And you can't see where the end is going to come from because there's just there's thousands of these people seemingly like they just keep coming through yeah. the windows like and, and they've like got a horde, and yeah. they've got a big cash uh, cache of weapons like you say so mm-hmm. we don't know they seem to have weapons that these guys don't have so yeah um, plus they're running out of ammo in the police station and stuff aren't they mm-hmm. so is this the first time that you've watched this clip you know what it's another one of those where I've definitely had it on late at night when we were younger um, but. To be fair, I couldn't remember any of it, so like other than the look and feel of it. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't remember any of it at all. So, um, uh-huh. glad I watched it again. I think it's excellent. Like, but what do you what do you think about like the ending and stuff and where it goes? I, I love all of all of all of it. I, I just think it's absolutely class. I mean, for for Cork now to come off like a student film and just to be handed a hundred grand and to make this, I think we, we said like when we're talking about Escape from New York and things. He just makes everything so big. And yeah. That, that's probably like, you know, the Panavision and stuff like that that he shoots in. Everything's so big. The soundtrack just, it, it just notches it up to a, a, a massive level. Mm-hmm. Massive level. It just makes it sound absolutely well, I mean, but huge. But it's so ambitious, isn't it? Like most people, if you said, oh, yeah, I wrote it, directed yes. it, yeah. and, and did the soundtrack to it, you would be like, fucking hell, what a dick. But like... He manages mm-hmm. to do it, and it's it's mm-hmm. not self indulgent. I don't think he's worked self indulgent at all, because well, he's not like that as a person. If you ever hear him talk, he's, he's a very humble guy. Okay. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a really humble guy and stuff like that. And I mean, he doesn't like suffer fools or anything mm-hmm. like that. But he's okay. humble about you know his work and and things like that. I mean, the soundtrack took him three days to do. Okay. So <laughs> the film. Took him 20 days to shoot. And he okay. had 100 grand. So, and yeah. then after after this, he's given 250 grand. He makes Halloween. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about the ending? Because it's got to end at some point, hasn't it? So what well, they do is, is they get into a, a, the basement and for the last stand type thing, mm-hmm. they'll they find like a an explosive and some magnesium uh-huh. that and set it off. And they find a very strong sign that they can hide behind. Yes, saying <laughs> support your local police. Yeah, I quite like that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, and yeah. yeah, the ending, like, they just have to come up with an end. Like, it's convenient that there's something they can fashion and these explosives yeah. there. But uh, yeah. yeah, set a bomb off and all it kills all of the bodies. <laughs> well then the cops come it doesn't kill them all but like the, the cops have eventually got mm. wind of, of what's going on because there's a, a quite nice part where I think where there's two cops kind of going around yeah. we, we kind of find anything you know we kind of say anything but there's been reported gunshots and stuff like that why don't we go next to that uh, old police station we don't need to go there <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> yeah. so eventually they find like a um a, a telephone repair man who's strung up because the the this gang have knocked out all the electricity in there and their phone lines and stuff like that and that's how they come. So they do fend off the uh, the gang. Mm-hmm. The rest yes, run they off. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do. Yeah. Well, like the end, the the very western end of like the again these two unlikely characters coming together, mm-hmm. and he says like. 
it'll be a privilege if you walk out with us. And Napoleon Wilson goes, I know it will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> cool There's also cool him, he shares a lingering look with the remaining lady, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's something look. going on between them two, isn't it? Blatantly. I mean, look there's, there's that some sexual chemistry. Uh, they look at each other for what seems like about three minutes without saying anything <laughs> <laughs> for absolutely ages. Um, and then they just like break their gaze and go their separate yeah. way. But uh-huh. I mean, what's going to happen with uh, Napoleon? Does he is he going to end up going back in the police custody? Back and... in, back in, back in. Exactly, he's going back there to death row. Unfortunately, the the other thing that I was thinking of, and this is just me, but this could also be a bit like a, a prequel to Escape from New York. Like if if the the violence is so rife and stuff mm. like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is then why people have been sent to New York and this this sort of high security prison in the future type thing because yeah. yeah. it's violent. Because it's it's not a realistic sort of you know it's it, it it's a fantasy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This completely. Yeah, the so it could almost be realistic at all. Nobody's ever talked about that. Certainly, Carton has never mentioned that it could feasibly be like in the same world as this. Yeah, like in the, the end point of that gang is. Yeah, life's like but, escape New York. Yeah, maybe. But it could be. But it could be. That's that's my thinking behind it, anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you, Brett, would you like a uh, John Carpenter quiz? Of course, I would like a John Carpenter quiz. I'll, I've got a review from the Apples as well. Okay, you You'd get like a, you get that up while I find this excellent quiz. It it helps we get uh, heard by new people and stuff like that. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? it so does, we'll yeah. always like them. So if if anybody's listening and like to leave a review, a review that would be lovely. I hope that's correct. So word. this is on Wednesday from lots of peas, pops, pops. Okay. Are there right. lots of peas at the beginning or in the? Yeah. Like... So there's one, two, three, four, five peas at the beginning. Okay. That's a lot of peas, isn't it? Yeah. So this this is on Wednesday, and it's a five-star review called Brilliant. So that's good, isn't it? It says, a great podcast. Really enjoy listening to Brett. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's there's a couple of things that could be happening with this review. It's very nice that we've got a five-star review, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very good. One, it's called Pops. Could be me dad. <laughs> <laughs> Second, they could have fell asleep while writing the review and, and forgot to put in and Cliff. <laughs> well, I'll let you have the glory on this one. Maybe if they were going to mention me, it would have made it a two-star review. <laughs> I doubt it very much. This podcast would not be the same if it was just Brett, would it? Or just Cliff for that there'd, matter. There'd be loads of silences. Um, right. <laughs> so you accuse me, you and me dad, always accuse mm-hmm. us of either not doing very good quizzes, not caring about the quizzes, forgetting about yes. the quizzes, not knowing All the right answers, things. and yes. generally fucking it up. So do you know what? Yes. Today I've Googled John Carpenter quiz, and I'm going to read you the question on the first answer that came up on Google, right? 
So right. here we go. Number one. Mm-hmm. How many Halloween movies did John Carpenter direct? One, two, Lord. four, or six? It's one, Lord. is it? Yes, Quest- it's one. <laughs> Question two. Alan, <laughs> do you know the answer? No. Did, I didn't know I wasn't going to tell us the answers, to be honest. Does it not like have a button that you press where it says reveal answer or something? Oh, uh, I, I think we'll get the... them at the end. <laughs> so you just listen, build up to this quiz was you saying, I know the answers, I know the questions. I'm not going to be taking the piss out of any more because I know all these things and you don't, do you? Right. Can you just listen to the question? Number two. <laughs> What was the first movie he directed after Halloween that got a cinematic release? The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, mm-hmm. or Christine? It was The Fog. The Fog. Okay, well, I'll take your word for that. Number three. <laughs> what is the name of the research station in The Thing, according to McCready? Is it US Outpost 12, 22, 31, or 69? 31. Okay, thank you for your answer. Number four. Whose Petri dish of blood was contaminated in the thing? Blair, Norris, Copper, or Palmer? Palmer. Okay, good answer. Um, Number (laughs) five. (laughs) Which of these? The correct answer. This is the only... Because I'll ever get all of the questions right. Which of these other John Carpenter movies did Donald Mm -hmm. Pleasance not appear? Halloween 2, Prince of Darkness, Big Trouble in Little China, or Escape from New York? Big Trouble in Little China. He's not in Big Trouble in Little China, is that what you're saying? He's not, not, unfortunately, no. Um, Which remake of a John Carpenter movie was the first to be released? Oh, so Ooh. remakes of The Fog, Salt and Precinct 13, Halloween, or The Thing? Which remake? I will for? say Salt and Precinct 13. Okay. But you don't know the answer. I'll, I'm, sure, I'm presuming they're going to tell us at the end. <laughs> Which gang are allied with Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China? Is it Wing Kong or Chancing? Just the two options for this one. Just the two. Chancing. Okay. Number eight. What item does Wang bet he can cut in half with a machete in Big Be Trouble in Little China? Okay. <laughs> what was the uh, last movie John Carpenter directed? Which... The Ward. The Ward? Okay. Oh, is he retired now, is he? Well, he's sick of Hollywood, isn't he? He's sick of them. He just does his music. Okay. So, in which horror anthology did John Carpenter star and also partly direct? Masters Body Bags. Body Bags. Definitely that one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're on the road. There's more than 10. How long does the yeah. fight last between Nada and Frank in They Live? Four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> That's, a long time. <laughs> That's a long time. It's probably not that. It's probably six minutes, but it, it's it does last a long time. Which of these movies is not based on a book or novella? Novella. Um, Christine, John Carpenter's Vampires, 
Village of the Damned mm -hmm. or Prince of Darkness? Prince of Darkness. <laughs> Don Carpenter's vampires. Um, yeah, it's 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 based on a book. Which actor stars as a general surgeon of Beverly Hills and escaped from LA? Steve Buscemi, Stacey Keach, Peter Fonda, Bruce Fonda, Campbell, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell. What is Snake Plissken's first name? Bob, oh. John, Jack, or Curtis? Bob. Bob Plissken. <laughs> what is the name of the god of the East who Lopan must appease by marrying a green-eyed woman? Kin Shi Huang, Wang Chi, Egg Shen, or Ching Dai? Egg Chen. Egg Chen. I like the name of that mm. one. Jericho Butler and Desolation Williams are characters in which John Carpenter movie? John Carpenter. Ghost of Fires. Mars. They live. Ghost of Mars. Assault and Precinct 30. Okay. Ghost How much did Starman approximately make at the box office? Oh, I hate questions like that. I know. 10 million, 8 million, 28 million, 1 million dollars. 10. I don't care about the money. I just care if it's a good film. I know. How many sequels did John Carpenter's Vampires have? One, two, three, or four? One, I think. And it starred John Bon Jovi. Oh, did it? Is, yeah. uh, I haven't seen it. Um, who's the picture? No, he's not in it. it. But if we did watch Vampires, I think that you'd love his performance. Okay, brilliant. Um, what fictional name is John Carpenter credited as for writing Prince of Darkness? Quartermass. Okay. All Martins. Martin Quartermass. The budget for Dark Star, you've already said, 60,000. Yeah. You scored 70%. Yeah, Which one bollocks. did you get wrong? Oh, the fog came out after Halloween, not Escape from oh, did it. Um, right. Which other one did you get wrong? I didn't Can't... say the fog. You didn't? Are you pressing the wrong buttons? You didn't, man. I did. Did you really? Yeah. Okay, well, you got that one right then. Right, Can't sing was wrong. It's Wing Kong. No. The fight is six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Egg Shen was wrong. Oh, you need a brush up on Big Trouble in Little China's. I Chinese, do. I do. Chinese do names. That. Uh, yeah, do. That's Ching Dai. Uh, the money one right. you got wrong, but who cares? 28 million. So the, the highest of the things that we said. Um, uh -huh. There was two sequels to John Carpenter's Vampires, apparently. And you got was all there? the rest of them right. So good for you. Thanks very much. I'll You're take welcome. the applause from whoever I'll offer them. From the floor. Who are your biggest fan? From pops, the floor. Pops. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed us talking about It's Not on Precinct 13. We should definitely watch it. If you haven't seen it, I watched it today for the first time properly, and it was fantastic. Um, yeah, cheers. Leave more reviews. Mention me if you want, or if you really I want, think, I or think write you us out. Definitely mention Cliff. <laughs> um, That's what I think. So now we've got some music, haven't we? And we're yes. going to say whatever we like about this guy because according to his email, can't listen to the show because he's Russian and he doesn't know any English. Um, so. Although he's on Twitter, his English seems to be and quite nice. Perfectly fine in the email as well. Quite. Yes, quite <laughs> substantial. So, <laughs> anyway, this is uh, Rainmaker from Cybershape, and it fits quite nicely yes. with this, I think. It's a long end, so enjoy it. Until the end.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.